With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Good morning, 
page number 19, Rock of Ages. It is not uh, 
at my mouth right now we could hook it up but I'm not going to I'm in a lot of pain today and that is an understatement but I would get through it and I decided that we would just have services here in the house this morning uh, the apartment uh, brother Gerald's apartment where we are staying temporarily right now until we find a house to live and to move the ministry there to the new location and so we're staying with brother Gerald until that occurs and uh, instead of walking up to the local park for services like we have been uh, I did not feel like I could make it up there in this degree of pain so we just have services right here in the living room today uh, which is fine and wonderful and comfortable and I praise the Lord for a place to have services at Amen. praise God love that song he is our rock and our refuge amen you may be seated here and it is very good to see sister victoria in nigeria with us again so she's been tuning in forever worship service for over a month and so we'll be getting her baptized uh, very soon as soon as we can find some water and find a situation uh, there in Nigeria for her about where where and how she can get baptized which will be our next next discussion probably most likely and uh, we've got to pursue that did start uh, did start a brand new group last night for black conservatives all across the world not just Americans but all across the world I discovered that on MeWe uh, there really was not a good group for black conservatives being run already by anyone there's a couple of groups uh, that's supposed to be for black conservatives but there's really no or very few posts in those groups as well as very few black people in those groups as well uh, so I felt like really there was no group really serving the black conservative community on MeWe uh, to the uh, advocate if I could try to pronounce that word to an advocate extent uh, so started a new group last night for black conservatives and uh, we're going to be putting posts from some of my heroes uh, Candace Owens Thomas Sewell uh, and Alan West and a million others there's so many uh, very vocal very intelligent uh, warriors on the side of the black conservatives uh, the Hodge twins diamond silk and many others and putting their post in that group uh, as often as possible 
that's more work, uh, but it is a needed work. It's something that needs to be done. And uh, what is a conservative? A conservative is a person that believes that we should follow God. It's really a uh, another word for Christian, uh, even though you don't really have to be a Christian to be a conservative in a way. It's based upon uh, following what is right, what is good, but really to be a conservative without Christ is in vain. Amen. What defines conservatorship? Uh, not conservatorship, but what preserves, uh, what defines being conservative? Amen. It's Christ. Amen. It's the law. It's the Bible. Amen. So you don't have to be an American to be a conservative. Being a conservative is not a political party. It is a lifestyle. It is a belief. It is a behavior. It is a, a way of thinking. It is following uh, righteousness according to the law of God rather than being a liberal. Amen. Come here, fellow. Get away from those, uh, <laughs> that, what do you call that, kitchen cabinets. Amen. That's the pleasure of having services <laughs> in your house where you can watch your cat get in trouble. You get away from that. Okay. Praise the Lord. I should teach my boy to be quiet and well-behaved in church. Amen. I have to give him a spanking. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, sipping around some good coffee this morning. Oh, good coffee. Took a pain pill. One hour ago, one hour ago. And if I take a pain pill, you know I'm hurting because I usually do not take a pain pill. But God will get me through this. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Let's uh, start the record button here and then we'll pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, Praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord, for this first day of the fourth month. Thank you, Father, for getting us through the third month of your year and your calendar. Thank you for giving us information, revelation about how to count the calendar so that we can determine the first month, I mean, the first day of each month, so that we can meet together all together, our brothers and sisters around the world on the first day of each month accurately at the right time, at the right day. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us about it. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Scriptures that have been preserved through many wars, through many deaths, through much fighting that the Holy Word of God has been preserved for the most part so that we can read about the commandment of keeping observance of the first day of each month as well as the seventh day. God bless the souls of those that died for the Holy Scriptures for the preservation thereof. Praise God. We know, Lord Father, that you can help me with this pain. 
We know, Lord Father, that you can help Kiki with her pain, Brittany with her pain, and other brothers and sisters around the world with their pain. We know that you can. We know that you can, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you've already done in this past week, in these past couple of days, yesterday, what you've already done for us and what you're about to do now. Thank you, Lord, for what you're about to perform, your mighty works. Thank you, Lord, for this word we're about to receive. Thank you, Lord, for the spiritual food that we're about to eat. Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you and worship you, Heavenly Father, we worship you. Please forgive us of our sins and shine your mercy and your grace upon us this day. We always lift up to you, our brothers and sisters in Nigeria. We also lift up to you, our brothers and sisters in India, Nigeria, Zimbabwe, South Africa, South Korea. Australia, Jamaica, Ethiopia, America, and across the world and in Cuba. Dear Brother Richard in Cuba, God help him. And God help us all. May your spirit prevail in this worship service. May your spirit prevail in us today, tomorrow, the next day, the next week, the next year, and forever without end. May we always dwell in the house of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, so be it. Amen. Praise Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Let's turn in the Bible to the book of Luke. Amen. Praise Jesus. Luke, honey, turn the book of Luke. Page 86. Luke was a physician. He was a doctor. And he was a man of God. Amen. Luke was a Gentile. He was not a Jew. And he was not an Israelite, as far as I know. And he was a Gentile. He was not one of the original 12 disciples. He did not actually walk with Jesus. He did not. But later on, he learned about Jesus. And he asked the people that did walk with him, the original twelve disciples and other eyewitnesses of the mighty works and miracles of Jesus and the mighty words of Jesus in there, what did he say? Where did he go? What did he do? And he went around interviewing people. This doctor from Syria named Lucas. And he took all those reports of all those interviews of what everybody said that they saw and heard. And he wrote it down in the scroll or the codex of Lucas that we now call the book of Luke. Amen. Praise Jesus. 
Praise God that he did. Amen. Praise God that Dr. Lucas from Syria did interview people about what Jesus did and what Jesus said. And that he wrote it down in some type of paper for our witness. For our learning. Amen. And in Luke 15, starting in verse 11, he wrote how Jesus talked about the parable of the prodigal son. Amen. The prodigal son. And I believe that all of us, or almost all of us, have at one time in our lives been a prodigal son or a daughter. Amen. So in Luke 15, verse 11, we're reading from the Alpha Bible, the original Bible, translated into English. And not only is it the original Bible, the Alpha Bible, but it is also the Omega Bible, the last Bible of this age. Amen. It is the restoration of the original scriptures, the Alpha and Omega Bible. Amen. So that's what we're reading from. And you're welcome to find that on the internet and download it for free and order your paperbacks as well. Now Luke 15 verse 11, talking about Jesus, and he said, a man had two sons. Jesus is the one talking, is what I meant here. And Jesus said a man had two sons. And the younger of them, the younger of those two sons, said to his dad, Dad, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them, between those two boys. Now, a lot of people do not like the fact that we have used the word dad here rather than father. A lot of people don't like that because they think that it is uh, not formal enough for the Bible. Uh, it's common language. It's everyday language, informal language, and they don't like it. However, uh, that is a horrible excuse to throw away the most accurate translation of the Bible because the even the King James Version is full of informal language, full of it. Amen. Uh, for example, several times in the Old Testament of King James Version, it talks about um, men uh, and boys as those that piss against the wall. It does, it does not say irinate. Irinate would be a formal way of saying pissing, but it does not say urinate, but it says piss. The ones that piss against the wall. So that's common language. That's informal language. That's slang language. So King James Version is full of slang. So it's a horrible excuse. It's just an excuse of those people that don't even want to give the Alpha and Omega Bible even a chance. Amen. They've already made up their mind 
even before they start to read. They're looking for reasons to mock, to ridicule, to condemn, and to cast stones. They're looking for reasons to not like the AOB. Amen. Amen. So I think that very much fits because that is how most people talk, at least where I come from. That's how most people talk. Uh, really, um, where I'm from, very few people call their dad's father, although some people do. It's more of a class situation, how wealthy people are, uh, stuff like that. It's mostly a, a type of class uh, that use father and other people use dad. But where I'm from, people use dad much more personal. The word dad is so much more personal. It shows closeness. It shows love. It shows friendship. To me, the word father is very formal. And why would you want to use formal language in your own home, in your own bedroom, in your own living room, in your own bathroom, your own kitchen, where you're walking barefoot, all the men are shirtless, is not a formal occasion. And your relationship with your Heavenly Father and your relationship with your physical Father should not be totally formal. Not totally formal. Amen. Of course, we are to reverence the Lord, and that calls for formality, for being somewhat formal, standing up when we pray for services, uh, uh, standing up for our worship music as much as we're able to and remember to do so, uh, having a formal way of worship. So, Brittany, hand me that fly swatter, please. I'm going to throw this at Phil. Get away from that boy. So, we are looking for informality, such as you hear on the air right now. Informality. Amen. When you're with friends and family, and I know you're my friends, and I know you're my family, you're my brothers and my sisters. So why do I need to be completely formal with you? Amen? Why do I need to be completely formal with my brothers and my sisters or with my dad or with my mom? Amen. So the way I was raised, you don't call your parents father and mother because that is too formal. It, it shows too much distance in relationship. It's something like calling somebody sir is the way it always felt to me. If I was to say father or mother, it was felt like to me, I'm, I'm like saying sir. Although here in the South, we do call our parents sir and ma'am, but that's only out of respect and honor. So there is a certain degree of formality, but you don't need to be totally formal. All right? So I think it's very appropriate to have dad in the Bible to show how people really talk in their homes in a loving relationship between parents and their children. Amen? Amen. And so uh, this dad divided his inheritance, his land, 
in his property with his two young men. And verse 13, not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered or wasted his estate or his money with liberal living. Amen? He did not act as a conservative. Amen. Conservatives believe in at least trying to save your money and earn money and make money and uh, make something of yourself financially, be financially stable. That is conservative uh, economics. But liberal economics is uh, believing that the government should give you everything for free, free college, free medicine, free everything, give you a check every month to live on, and you not even try to work, and you're able to work, but you don't have to even look for work. That is a liberal economy. Uh, that is what the Democrats believe in, and uh, you don't save your money, you don't try to make nothing of yourself, but rather you depend upon the government. Now, I understand that there is a time appropriately to receive assistance from the government. But ideally and originally, that was actually the job of the church. It was the, jo the job of the church, and it should be the job of the church to take care of the orphans, the widows, the children that are in a home without a dad, that is the responsibility of the church, as well as of the uncles. Amen? Where's the uncles at? The people's not, their people are not teaching their young men that as a man, you're responsible for your family, including your nephews and nieces and sisters, especially the women folk. The men are responsible for the women folk. The men are responsible for their younger sister or even older sister while they're still living at home before they leave out on their own. And even when they do leave out on their own, the man is still responsible for the women folk. Even when the man leaves his mom and dad's home, amen. The man never loses responsibility. Uh, until that woman comes under the house of her husband. Amen. And then that man takes over that job and responsibility. But people are not teaching their young men uh, responsibility. They're not teaching their young men responsibility. And that also is part of the liberal lifestyle, is a lack of accountability and a lack of responsibility. Amen. A liberal lifestyle is a lifestyle of free of responsibility and free of accountability. You can even, in liberal cities in America now, you can actually go into a store and steal and the police will not arrest you. And I'm not kidding. And why is it San Francisco? Just $949 or what? As long as you steal less than the value of $949, $949. So you can go in a store in San Francisco 
And as long as you steal less than $949, even if they call the police, they will not arrest you. That is a liberal government, a liberal mentality. Let people disobey God. Let people steal from one another. Let people hate, kill, and steal and get away with it. And they're letting killers, murderers out of prison in California, probably Oregon, Washington, those liberal states, letting murderers out of prison and letting murderers start to vote again, giving them voter rights again. And all of that is a liberal way of living that is against God. That's what liberalism is. And so this man, this boy, this young man, went with a liberal lifestyle of wasting his money Right, amen. Verse 14, and now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be impoverished, meaning poor. And so he went and hired out himself to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine, pigs. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods, the food that the swine was eating, he was that hungry, he would have eaten the pig food, and no one was given anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my dad's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger. I would get up and go to my dad and would say to him, Dad, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his dad. But while he was still a long way off, his dad saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Amen. Praise God. There's nothing wrong with a good dad kissing his son and his daughters. Amen. Showing love and compassion. A good dad shows love. Amen. Shows love. The topic today is that God is our perfect father. God is our perfect father. Not just a dad, but he is the perfect dad. Amen. Amen. A lot of us growing up, did not have good dads. A lot of us did not have good dads. If you had a good dad, you was truly blessed. Amen. And you should be extremely thankful if you had a good dad because many of us, many of us did not have good dads. But even if you did have a good dad, I am sure that he was not perfect. Amen. But God is our perfect dad. He is truly the perfect dad, the most perfect dad that ever existed. Amen. And so now we're going to go over some characteristics of what a good dad should do. A good dad should do all these things that we're going to list, but our Heavenly Father, which shows some formality because he is God, 
So we look at him as father with formality and reverence. And we also look at him as dad, which is more intimate. Same thing, but more intimate. And that is why the Bible says, Abba, how does it say? Abba, father. And that particular uh, Hebrew word shows intimacy more than just father alone. Okay? So that was an expression of intimacy, Abba Father. So a good dad, and especially our heavenly dad, shows love. Shows love. This man ran to his son, embraced him, that means hugged him, and kissed him. A good dad shows love. Amen. In verse 21, and the son said to him, Dad, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And that's what we ought to do when we confess our sins, is to confess to ourselves, which he had done. He came to his senses. Amen. That means he came to realize his own faults. Amen. He confessed to himself his own sins, his faults, his trespasses. And then he confesses to God and to his dad, too. The Bible says we are to confess our sins to one another. But you don't really hear that much in the churches of the world. They want you to focus only on, only upon confessing your sins to God. If even that, if even that. Even a lot of churches today no longer even talk about confessing your sins to God. But even, even less churches, even less churches say anything about confessing your sins to one another. Amen. And when you do wrong to somebody, confessing your sin to only God is not enough. You should confess your sin to that person that you did wrong against. Amen. And that's what this guy did. And he said, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And amen. So he's asking forgiveness from both God and from his dad, both. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the dad said to his servants, quickly, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf, kill it and let us eat and celebrate. Amen. And it is good for a dad to not be overly formal or overly legalistic and a stick in the mud. Amen. A dad should not be a stick in the mud. What I mean is he should not be overly stiff, overly formal. He should not be what we call a prune, a prune, amen. A prune is a person that is, there's another expression called sourpuss. A person that never enjoys life. A good dad should not be that way, and we should not be that way. Amen. A, stiff, a stick in the mud or a prune 
Oisarpus is a person that does not enjoy life. Amen. And they are usually overly legalistic about everything, does not know how to enjoy life, does not know how to let their hair down. And then it's important to let your hair down every now and then. Amen. Loosen your belt. Take your socks off. Let out a bird for two. Amen. It's okay. That is the way of life. Amen. If you never let any air out, you're going to burst. You're going to explode. Amen. Let your hair down. Take your socks off. Stay home for a while. Amen. Relax. Amen. Relax in your own home. A lot of men in the United States never take their socks off in their own home. Used to, they did. But now, in this last hundred years, because of the way well, it was in the 1920s or so that when men were taught to button their shirt up all the way up to the top of their neck, which looks like they're going to choke to death, I just want to grab a guy and just shake him and say, hello, you are a man. Do not button your shirt all the way up to the top button. It looks so dorky. It looks ridiculous. And there needs to be much more mentorship of our young men. And they need to be taught that uh, your feet is not, uh, your feet is not taboo. They need to be taught that in America. It's okay to take your socks and shoes off. Amen. Americans are, so, are absolutely, absolutely so stiff-necked. Amen. Especially white Americans. They are the worst. Amen. They are so stiff-necked. Amen. So uptight. Amen. And uh, I love, at least in the uh, black culture in the United States, and around the world, they know much more about how to enjoy life, how to laugh, and uh, be family, and let bygones be bygones, and forgive, and to love, and to embrace, and to hug, and to shout, and to celebrate, and to enjoy life. That is a good characteristic of the black community. Uh, and all of those things I just listed, the white people in America have forgotten how to do those things. So it's a sad, very sad state uh, how the white people have been programmed by the Catholic Church to not enjoy life. It's what Paul was warning against in Colossians 2. Is exactly what Paul was warning against in Colossians 2, uh, warning against those people that would forbid us from enjoying life, from keeping the Sabbath and the holy days, 
people that would forbid us from alcohol and meat, which means uh, these people were very uptight. You can't eat this. You can't touch this. You cannot eat this. You got to be a vegetarian. Vegetarians are very uptight people. They are. They're very uptight people. Uh, scared to death of a piece of meat. Uh, uh, as if that meat is going to kill you or something. Meat is good for you. Amen. Meat is good for you. And a man is not a man unless he can eat meat. Amen. There's a song I love. I love country music. There's a song by Alan Jackson. And it, it says, I am a, it says in that song, I am a meat and potato man. And I love that song. And I am a meat and potato man. I am. Mm-hmm. I love my my meat and my potatoes. Amen. I'm about to get back to scripture here before I get hungry. Amen. So, but we got to teach these things as we go through these verses because the young people are not being taught. Amen. None of the people, regardless of your age, they're not being taught by the pastors. They're not being taught by the parents. They're not being taught by the leaders. So we've got to cover all this ground. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Amen? We've got to teach a whole lot. Amen? So anyway, it says here in verse uh, 24 that they began to celebrate, and it's important to celebrate, to have fun. Verse 25, now his older son is in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. Praise the Lord. It must have been a black thing. And so he summoned up one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be. And he said to him, your brother has come and your dad has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe. And sound. But he became angry. He must have been the white brother. And was not willing to go in. And his dad came out and pleaded with him. But he answered and said to his dad, Look, for so many years I have been serving you, and I have never neglected a command of yours, and yet you have never given me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. The dad said to him, Son, you have always been with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, for this brother of yours was dead spiritually and was as if he was dead as being absent and has begun to live. The liberals are walking zombies. Amen. Amen. They are the walking dead. Liberals are dead. Amen. The liberal lifestyle, they laugh, they joke, they do the drugs, they do lots and lots of sex, drugs, rock and roll. The liberal lifestyle, cure-free, Fear-free lifestyle, not caring about the consequences to come. Amen. Not thinking ahead of time. Not being responsible. Amen. But 
thank God that as we get older, we learn. Amen. As we get older, we grow up. We stop smoking that wacky weed. Amen. You better not be smoking that wacky weed. Come on now. Time to grow up. That's for young people. That's for kids. And not even for kids no more because that wacky weed today is a lot different than the wacky weed I used to smoke decades ago. It's changed a lot, a whole lot. It's a lot more poisonous now. A lot more poisonous. It's not safe to smoke that stuff anymore. And even way back then, it wasn't good for you. But especially these days, that stuff is poisonous. It's not good for you. Amen. So get off the wacky weed. I said get off the wacky weed. Amen. Amen. Come on. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live. No longer dead, no longer a walking zombie. Amen. We begin to live when we turn to Christ. Amen. We begin to live when we turn to Christ. Amen. He was lost, but he has been found. That's the song of the amazing grace, I, or, or as I, I saw the light, one of those Omega both songs. I was lost, but now I'm found. Amen. Is that I saw the light? Yeah. Amen. That's I saw the light. Amen. God is so good to us. Praise the Lord. And so, and so, our perfect Father loves us. And he is not overly legalistic. He doesn't mind us dancing and singing and celebrating. Do you know there's a church called the Church of Christ that doesn't even believe in music? And I think also, is it Primitive Baptists that also don't believe in it or one of those others as well? There's like at least two churches that don't believe in music. Have they, they have not read the Bible, have they? They heard music. Amen. They heard music. Amen. What kind of house don't have music? Hey, hey, come on now. What kind of house does not have music playing in it? Do you ever play music in your house? You ought to be. Amen. What is a house without music? It is not a house. It's a prison. Put on some worship music. Amen? Learn to dance. Come on, jive. Come on. And what is a life without dancing? What is a life without dancing? You might as well just die. Amen? We need to be dancing and singing. Amen? And so a good dad will be telling his children these things. Amen? A good dad will allow his sons and his daughters to sing and dance in the house and to play music in the house. Boy, God loves that. Amen? God loves music and dance and shouting and good times and celebration. Celebrate. Celebrate. God loves celebration. Amen? 
And it's not wrong to enjoy a good alcoholic beverage. It's not wrong. You've got to watch yourself. You've got to be careful. But it's not wrong, especially for the men. It is not wrong. Amen. As part of masculinity is learning how to control your alcohol. Amen. So, that is one thing. That's a lot of stuff right there, amen. There's a lot of stuff. I didn't know we were going to get that much out of that prodigal son. Amen. But as a dad, our Heavenly Father also guards and protects us. If you think, if you think of Psalm 23, you don't have to turn there, because I know you know Psalm 23 by heart. And if you don't, why not? Amen. If you don't know Psalm 23 by heart, if you cannot quote the whole chapter of Psalm 23, why not? Amen? I know you can do it. I know you can do it. Put your mind to it and you can remember it. Amen? And, but if you think of Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And that means he watches over us. And that is why a good dad will do, is he will watch over his family. And that goes with protection and guarding us. Amen. And he pays attention. A good dad pays attention to his family, to his children. Amen. To his wife. Amen. Now, some men, because of their work, and not pay as much attention, but he will try to pay attention. And the Heavenly Father being the perfect, perfect dad, he can both work and pay attention all at the same time. God can love us more and love us better than any human, than any earthly dad better than any earthly mom, better than any earthly husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend or buddy or uncle. God is the ultimate lover. And God is the ultimate shepherd, guard. Amen. God is the ultimate everything that is good. Amen. He pays attention. To us. He guards, he protects, he watches over us. And another thing he does is fight for us. Amen. Let's turn in the book of law, the book of Deuteronomy, and that is volume number one, if you have the paperback of the AOB, and Victoria in Nigeria, please let me know on Miri about whether or not you can order the paperbacks of the AOB Bible. If you can't order those, I'll be glad to have those shipped to you for free. I want to make sure you have or will be having the AOB Bible paperback in your home. It's very important, very important. Amen. So let's turn to the book of Deuteronomy. Page 197. Page 197. Thank you. 197. Okay, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 3, verse 22. Let me get a sip of coffee. 
Deuteronomy 3, verse 22. You should not be afraid of them, because Jesus or Theos himself shall fight for you. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean that we should never fight, because the Bible does call us the army of the Lord. Amen. So we do have to fight our own fights sometimes. But even then, God is with us. Amen. And a good dad will teach his son how to fight. A good dad will. Amen. A good dad will teach his son how to fight. And not only that, but the good dad will fight for you when he sees you in trouble. Amen. And the Father does fight many of our battles, even when we don't even know that he is doing that. And that is very, very, very true. Amen. Amen. He fights our battles many times. We don't even know what God is doing for us many times. We need to be more in tuned to God, to what he's doing, what he's saying, what he's thinking what he is feeling. And the way we become more in tune or tuned in to God, what he's thinking and feeling and doing, is by spending enough time with him in prayer and in worship, in song, in dance, in praise, and in reading and in studying. A relationship is formed by spending time. Amen. Very important. And God spends, wants to spend lots of time with us. And a good dad will spend lots of time with his children. Amen. But a good dad also has a lot of work to do. A good job, you know, working a job. A good dad would bring home the bacon. Amen. Woo! Baby, bring home that bacon. Amen. A good dad will bring home that bacon. He's got to go work. And the children need to understand that dad can't stay home all the time. They've got to be taught that. Amen. Dad has responsibilities. He has work to do. And that's okay. But with God, he be with you all the time and still get all the work done because he's spirit and he he can be at all places all the time your human dad and your human husband and your human wife and boyfriend and buddy they got things to do but god is spirit and he can be everywhere all at one time uh humans can't do that can we wish we could a lot of times we wish we had three hands or four hands. Amen. That God can be everywhere all at the same time. And God can hear multiple people talking and not have to tell anyone to shut up because he can hear everyone talking and understand even a whisper. God is God and only God is God. Amen. Only God is God. We are all gods. 
we are all gods. And that's not blasphemous. It's what the Bible says. Jesus himself said that, did I not call you gods? We are gods because we're spirits and we are fire and wind and electricity and energy and we have great power. We just don't know how to use it. We have amazing power, but we don't know how to use it. Amen. But there's only one God above all gods, God of gods, the Alpha, the Omega, and that is God himself. Amen. That's what we mean when we say there is one God. Amen. And so... All these, we've got a lot to cover, don't we? Amen. But God fights for us. God fights for us. Amen. And you know, even, even when we think of ourselves as being the army of the Lord and we have to fight, he, being the leader, is in front. Amen. He is in front of us. The leader walks in front. And the leader, unless he's training you and he tells you to go ahead because you got to learn also leadership. Amen. All men must learn leadership. But young men today are not being taught leadership. They're being taught victimhood, especially in the black community. They're being taught victimhood. But men, young men, should be taught leadership. Amen. Stop playing that victim card. Amen. And that God, being our ultimate leader and perfect leader, alpha leader, he is going to be in front of the army of the Lord coming down out of the sky at the battle of Armageddon on that 1335th day. And blessed is he that cometh to the 1335th day. Daniel 12. Have you not read that? Read it, read it, read it. Amen. Write it down. Read it later. Amen. Yep. God fights for you. Amen. And he also teaches us, he teaches us as as the heavenly good father, he teaches us self-responsibility. Self-responsibility. That is why liberals, Democrats, do not believe in But the heavenly father, being the perfect father, teaches us self-responsibility and maturity. And therefore, God is not going to do everything for us. God is not going to do everything for you and your husband should not do everything for you. And your uh, dad and your mom should not do everything for you. you got to learn how to do stuff yourself. you got to learn how to wash your own dishes, how to wash your own clothes, how to write a letter, how to mail a letter. You'd be amazed how many young men don't know how to do these things. None of these things. You'd be amazed how many young women don't even know how to do these things today. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous that parents are not teaching their children how to shop in the grocery store, 
how to wash dishes, how to wash clothes, how to write a letter, how to mail a letter. Basic life things, basic things in life. They don't know how to do any of these things because they're stuck in their bedroom playing video games, and the parents let them do this, to stay in there playing video games all the time or on their phone, on the Internet, texting back and forth. And whatever kids do these days, and they're not being taught anything at all. That is so sad. Amen. It's mind-blowing that that's happening. And it's the parents' fault. It is the parents' fault. Amen. Amen. But God teaches us self-responsibility and maturity. And he does not do everything for us. A lot of people think that God has to do everything for you. He does not. Because he's good. If he did everything for you, that would not be a good father. That would not be a good father. Amen. He expects us to do most things ourselves. Most things. A lot of people think of God as doing everything for you. But the truth is, God expects you to do most things yourself. Stop asking God for every little thing. When you can reach it and grab it and take it yourself, stop asking Daddy to do everything for you. Amen? Stop asking Daddy to do everything for you. Grow up and do it yourself. Amen? He expects us to do most things ourselves. Amen. Jesus is now sitting on the right hand of the Father in heaven. That means that that part of God that came in the flesh, he was not a second or third person, but that part of himself that came in the flesh has went back to heaven and sit down. It's time for the old man to rest. And it's time for us, the children of God, to prove ourselves that we can do it. He gave us power and authority over the earth and over angels, including demons. He gave us power and authority over animals, and the earth, and spirits and principalities. He gave us the authority. We should not waste that authority, and we should not ignore that authority. We need to learn how to exercise our authority and then do so. Do it. Amen. Even the women, we need to learn how to exercise our authority that God has given us. Amen. It takes practice. It doesn't happen all in one day. It takes time and practice. Even a true prophet of the Lord needs to time and practice in learning and, and growing in understanding and wisdom and maturity. Amen. A prophet is not a perfect man. A pastor is not a, per a perfect man. 
Amen. We need to seek perfection, but he is not born perfect. Amen. The only one born perfect was Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. We read yesterday that John 14, verse 26, says that the Holy Ghost teaches us all things. Teaches us all things. That's not pronunciation. That's not spelling and math. But it's spiritual things. Amen. It is spiritual things. And the Father being, our Heavenly Father being the perfect Father, He teaches us. All that we need to know. And, and a lot of times, it, he uses human instruments. He used Moses as a teacher. He used Noah as a teacher. He used the Apostle Paul as a teacher. He's using me, the Apostle Zimmerman, as a teacher. But it's God, the Holy Ghost, that is teaching you through me. I'm just a vessel, an instrument of his voice and of his teachings. But it's his teachings. Amen. But he teaches you these things. And also in other ways, through reading the Bible, through a personal relationship, through speaking to your heart, speaking to your mind, and even speaking through TV and music and magazines, and newspapers. God can speak to you in many, many, many multitudes kinds of ways. Amen. But you got to listen. You got to listen. You got to pay attention. Amen. And be wanting to hear his voice and seeking his voice. You got to listen. You got to listen up and want to listen and want to pay attention. Amen. Try to pay attention. Amen. God is good. And as the heavenly good father, perfect father, he teaches us about the wickedness of the world. Amen. The father God teaches us about the wickedness of the world. He does not say to us, everybody is good. That's what the liberals believe, too. Everybody's good except for the Christians. That's the way the liberals believe, is everybody is good, and we should coexist with the Nazis, with the Muslims, uh, with the uh, communists, with the homosexuals, with witches, with Buddhism, with Hinduism, with witchcraft. Let's coexist, get along. Everybody's good except Christians. Do not get along with them. They're evil. And conservatives do not get along with them. They're evil. That is the mentality of liberals, Amen. the Democrat Party. And not only in America, but the Democrat uh, Party of Congo and the Democrat Party of Zimbabwe and the Democrat Party of South Korea and the Democrat Party all across the world. If you hear that word Democrat, you've got to, you've got to get out your garlic to protect yourself from those vampires. And not only your garlic, but your scriptures and the sword of the word of God and everything else. Protect yourself from those vampires in Australia and across the world. Amen. They're everywhere, worldwide. It is a worldwide problem. 
again, again, I don't like it when people say my nation is different. No, there's no nation on this earth that is different anymore. It's truly a global world. Now, this is a global world. And man, all the nations have become one. That was the goal at the Tower of Babel, was for all nations and all people to be one. Globalization was their goal at the Tower of Babel. And they have reached it now. It's time for the Tower of Babylon to be attacked by God again soon. Amen. God is great. God is great. God is great. Amen. God is good. Now, let us move forward. God teaches us about the wickedness of the world instead of telling us that everybody's good. And he teaches us about the dangers of that wicked world. God teaches us that the world is dangerous, that the wicked people are dangerous, that the wicked people are wicked. Amen. He warns us about all those things. As the Heavenly Father, not only does he teach us about the bad and the wickedness, but he warns us to not be like them. And he warns us against sin. He warns us against breaking his law. He warns us. A good dad will warn his family about evils and dangers. God does. Amen? And not only that, but he also rewards us for good behavior. The Heavenly Father, the Good Father, the Perfect Father, rewards us for good behavior. He really does, doesn't he? He does reward us when we give tithes, when we give offerings, when we pay our tithes and offerings, our, our alms. Another word for that in the New Testament is alms, the same thing, tithes and offerings. Amen. He rewards us for that. And you can never outgive God. Amen. When you give, He'll bring it back sooner or later. He really will. Amen. And he also punishes us when we do wrong. A good dad will punish, not just holler, not just scream, not just uh, speak up loud, but a good dad will actually literally spank his child. And God does spank us in multitude kind of ways because he's good to us, because he loves us, he will discipline us, chastise us, discipline us, punish us, because he's good. Because that is what a good dad does. Because a good dad realizes and understands that if he does not punish his children, the children will feel like they can get away with it. They'll keep doing it. And they'll get worse and worse and worse. They'll keep breaking the principles of life, keep doing wrong, keep vandalizing, keep stealing, keep lying, keep cheating, keep doing all kinds of wrong and get worse and worse and worse. If they can get away with it, amen, a good dad 
will discipline his child. The Bible even talks about that. Amen. There's scriptures for a lot of these, and I've just not got them all here because we've got only 27 minutes allowed left on our paid broadcasting system. So we've got to close this down in 27 minutes or less. But you, can, you know some of these verses about that he would chastise us because he loves us. Amen. And our Heavenly Father is perfect. He teaches us good health. Even in the Old Testament, there was a lot of law in the Old Testament that was nothing more than common sense cleanings, purity about being clean, washing your body. The reason they had to wash when they touched a dead body is because people in that day and time didn't even know what a germ was or a virus or a bacteria. People did not yet have established uh, scientific tests, uh, established medicine, established knowledge of germs and bacteria and stuff like that. So God himself said to wash and to take a shower and take a bath when you touch a dead body because back then they did not refrigerate dead bodies or embalm dead bodies so that dead body would be infectious. Amen. That dead body would have all kinds of germs and bacteria on it. So God said, take a bath. A lot of that Old Testament law was common sense, purity, cleanliness, physical purity, cleanliness about the flesh. Amen. And uh, the God was teaching primitive men primitive men about uh, physical cleanliness in the Old Testament. And God teaches us courage because a good dad would teach his children and especially teach the boys, but even the girls, about having courage, being courageous. Amen. Look at Deuteronomy 31. Page 222. Page 222. Praise the Lord. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Be courageous and strong. Fear not. Neither be cowardly. Don't be a coward. Neither be afraid before them. For it is Jesus your Theos that advances with you in the midst of you. Neither will he by any means forsake you nor desert you. Unless, of course, you can read the Bible yourself. It says it, that he will leave you if you leave him. Amen? So, it's a two-way street. If you want God to stay with you, you've got to stay with him. Amen? But this just simply means that he won't forsake you for just no reason at all. He won't forsake you just for no reason. He won't desert you like a lot of dads will desert their families just because, well, a particular job or uh, some floozy or something, you know. God is the perfect father. Amen. That will stay with his children as long as his children are respectful 
Amen. And I'll do what we're supposed to do. You got to take the whole Bible, not just one verse. Amen. God can and will leave you if you become wicked. Amen. If you stop obeying Him, if you fall away from the truth. Amen. If you want to cast stones at the preacher when you yourself need to repent and you yourself need to grow up, amen, then um, you know what I'm saying, don't you? So it says here in verse 6, to be courageous and strong. And a dad would teach his children and his wife to be courageous. Amen. We've got to be courageous. Stop being a coward. Stop being a wimp. Amen. Fear not. Amen. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall not fear evil. Amen. I shall not fear. Amen. Because you got to understand that the wicked, they're lost. They are lost. The wicked are lost. Don't fear lost people. They're, they're lost. They don't even know how to get back home. So why would you fear a lost person? They're just lost, wandering around lost in the wilderness, don't even know how to get back home. And he teaches us to fight. A good father will teach us to fight, even though sometimes he'll fight or battles for us. Sometimes he won't. Amen? Sometimes the good father must say, it's time for my boy to grow up. He's got to fight his own fight. Sometimes the father will step back and not fight for you and let you fight so that you can learn to fight. That's important. Amen? Spiritual fights is what I'm talking about now. Spiritual fights. You got to do it yourself sometimes. Sometimes God do it for you, and sometimes you got to do it. Stop expecting God to do everything for you. Amen. Uh, and then also he teaches us caution. Matthew 10, verse 16. Let's turn there real quick. Matthew 10. Matthew 10, verse 16. Matthew 10, verse 16. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd. That means wise and crafty. Be as shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. It does not say harmless as doves. If your Bible says harmless, you need to scratch that out and put innocent because the Greek word does not mean harmless, but rather it means innocent. And there's a difference. There is a difference. Amen. God does not expect you to be harmless because you need to be uh, doing harm to wicked organizations, wicked societies, wicked nations, uh, wicked domains, we should be doing harm to wicked domains. Amen. Amen. But we can be innocent, and that's what God wants us to be. We need to be innocent and shrewd, wise 
careful and crafty. Part of that is using, using appropriate caution. And God teaches us to use caution. Amen. He also teaches us self-control. We don't need to turn there right now, but we know that 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind and of self-control. But he has given us self-control. He teaches us self-control and of a sound mind. Amen. I need to look. That verse again. Make sure we get that translated right. And uh, he expects men to be men because he's the Heavenly Father and he is the Alpha Father. He expects men to be men and he expects women, females, to be females. Amen? Because he's the good dad. And he's the perfect dad. He expects men to be men and females to be females. And he has the right thinking on all issues. He's not corrupt in his way of thinking. He's not wrong in his way of thinking. You know, a good dad should be a man of right thinking. Amen. A good dad should be a, a dad that has the right way of thinking about things. And that is not wicked nor corrupt. A corrupt man cannot be a good dad. Amen. A corrupt man, a wicked man, cannot be a good dad. Amen. So I believe that when somebody goes to prison for certain crimes, such as murder, they need to cut his balls off. They need to do something to where he can't have no more kids. Because a corrupt man, a wicked man, cannot raise righteous kids. He cannot do it. Amen. You've got to be righteous yourself in order to teach righteousness. Amen. And our Heavenly Father is fair on all issues. A good dad is fair to all of his children. And God is fair. God is definitely fair. The wicked believe that God is not fair. They really think that, that God's not fair. They think that God is wrong. They think that God is wrong. But the Bible says that at some time in the future that we are going to say that his judgments and his ways were righteous. We're going to confess that. We're going to come to realization, understanding, and comprehension that everything that God has decided at any time in history, everything that God has decided was the right decision. It really was. God is never wrong because he sees everything. That's why he's never wrong. Because he knows what really happened, why it happened, how it happened, when it happened, where it happened. He knows all of that 
He knows what the truth really is about the situation. Who said what? Who did what? Whose fault it really was? And therefore, he is never wrong. He knows the truth about everything. God's never wrong. And we will confess that his ways, his judgments, were righteous. Amen. He is fair on all issues. And he understands. He understands us. That doesn't mean he agrees. That's, that's different. That's different. A lot of people think just because God understands that he agrees with your sins. I didn't say he agrees with your sins. That's different. And he does not. He does not agree with your sins. Amen. He understands. He understands. That's not the same as giving a stamp of approval for our sins. But he understands. Amen. Amen. And there's about two things left. He is not lazy. Amen. God is not lazy, and he requires us also to not be lazy. A good dad would teach his children to not be lazy, but a liberal society is a lazy society. Amen. A liberal society is a lazy society. Right now in America, they are literally at these restaurants and stores and factories paying people to start working, to even start working. There are like signs on the street saying, we will pay you $200 or $400 to work here in addition to your check. I saw that. And they're giving people bonuses to, to work. They cannot find, here in the United States, they can't find no one to work. Because the Biden dictatorship says, if you're not working, here's money for you, for free. Here's the money. So people don't want to work in America no more. And that's what the bosses, the employers, the managers the owners of the business are just saying, we can't find no one to work. A liberal society is a lazy society that depends upon uh, Big Brother to do everything for you. Big Brother is a what they call the government. They expect dad and mommy and Big Brother the government to do everything for you. And there's a lot of young men that have never worked a real job in their life. And what I mean by real job is where you work for someone else. That's a real job. Where you have to obey somebody else. That's a real job. Where you have to be there on time where you have to go in, in person, into somebody else's 
place where they own it and you don't. And you got to be there on time every day and leave at a certain time or at least be there at a certain time and obey them and say, yes, sir, no, sir. That is a real job. And a lot of young men in America has never had a real job because mommy and daddy is still paying for the groceries, still buying the groceries, still paying the rent. And so the young men are not men. They're boys. But it is the job of the pastor take those boys and say, I'm going to turn you into a man. That is the pastor's job. That is the apostle's job. That is the uncle's job. That is the dad's job. That is the older brother's job to take the younger ones and say, follow me. Let me teach you. And I'm going to teach you how to grow up. I'm going to teach you how to be a man, how to be independent. Amen. God help us. God help us all. Amen. But God requires us to not be lazy, and I've already covered this other one. So really, that's it. Amen. Praise the Lord right on time. And now that that is finished, I do want to tell you or ask you, please, 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 to pray for the Spanish New Testament translation. Please remember to pray daily for the Spanish New Testament translation that will be coming out. I also pray for the new Black Conservative group on MeWe. Please pray for that. And please pray for the Man's Domain, Men's Ministry website that I am uh, editing and updating and improving. Pray for the Man's Domain Ministry website and the job that I'm working on right there. We've got so many things being worked on. New grids, uh, websites, Bibles, sermons, you name it. We've got a lot of work to do, and we need more help. We need more people, more brothers, more sisters to come into this work. This is a work. This ain't no clubhouse. Amen. This is a work. And we need more workers, more laborers to come and join us here locally and around the world of uh, people to uh, help us. we got so much to do. And um, certain people need to step up to the plate, up to the uh, uh, baseball plate, up to the, the pitcher's plate, and up to the first plate, and second plate, and third plate, and home plate. We need to fill the bases and get people to come here in person and join the team and help out. Amen. We need workers. Amen. This is not for couch potato Christians. We need workers. And even in your nation, I encourage every one of you to be printing out the flyers from the website, leave them on the park bench, leave them at the bus stop, at the laundromat, in the grocery store, in the bathroom, wherever you can leave a gospel track or a flyer, 
that you print out from the ministry website. And you could do that at the address of I Saw the Light Ministries. And make sure you add the S on the end of that, I Saw the Light Ministries.com slash gospeltracks.html. And or you can just go to the website, any page on the website, and use the search feature. That search button on the bottom of the page, and every page on the website is a box where you can search for gospel tracks and find it like that. Also, make sure you've read or will be reading uh, the new article, The Black Stone of Mecca, uh, The Image of the Beast, and you can look for that on the website. Just use the search box on the website. You don't have to go to google.com. Go to the website, I Saw the Light Ministries. On the bottom of every page, there is a search box. Type into that search box, Image of the Beast, or Mecca Stone, something like that, and you'll come straight up to the brand new article. And if you're not yet a member of MeWe, join MeWe.com. It's a great alternative to Facebook and Twitter. And that's going to even get even better as well. That's going to get even better. We've got a lot of things we're going to be doing. We're active. This is an active work. Amen. It's not time to be lazy. It's not time to be lazy. And if anything, we've got to work harder. Amen. Time is short. We've got to work while it's still day. There's a night coming and no man can work because most people won't have electricity anymore. Most people won't have the Internet especially in the United States. Once the invasion comes, most Americans will not have the internet. Most Americans will not have electricity. And I believe that will be true in Jamaica and certain other nations as well. Uh, not every nation, but most nations, a lot of nations, they won't have electricity or internet either one, at least for a year or two until they get some things rebuilt from the war. And so right now is the time to get out there uh, when you're not yet having to worry about the Chinese troops, when you're not yet having to worry about the Russians and the Chinese military in your town, because I guarantee you uh, every nation on earth is going to have Chinese or Russian military or Syrian or Iranian military uh, in your streets. So right now is the time to get out there with the gospel tracts from this ministry, not from other ministries, from this ministry. Because those other ministries don't know God and they don't know the Bible. And if you don't believe me, just ask God, ask him. And when you ask him, don't uh, answer yourself. Amen. Don't answer yourself. Ask him in a true, sincere searching for the truth and if you are truly sincere and searching for the truth and really want the truth god will reveal to you that yes these churches out there don't know him if they're not keeping the seventh day they don't know god that's what the bible says amen that if they do not keep his commandments they don't know him. If you say that you know him and keep not his commandments, you're a liar. That's what the Bible says. That's the truth. Amen? If you don't believe it, read it. 
Read it, read it, read it, read it, read it. Read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. And if there's anyone here that has not yet read the entire Bible, I encourage you to make that commitment today. To start reading an average of three chapters a day for a year or longer until you have read the entire Bible. And start today. Average of three chapters a day. That means sometimes you could read just one or two chapters. Sometimes four, five, six chapters. Sometimes ten. However many you feel. But try for three a day, at least, average. And get into a habit of doing it. Once you get into that habit, it's easy. Once you get into that habit, make a certain time of day that you do it every day. Same time, every day, have it. I have to do this. No excuses. I'm going to read. I'm going to read. I'm going to read. Once you get into that habit, it's easy. And you will not regret it. I promise you. You will not regret reading the entire Bible. And then read it again. Once you finish it, read it again. Because I guarantee you, when you read it the second time and third time, you're going to swear somebody. <laughs> That, that verse was not there before. That verse was not, I did not read that. The Bible is fresh every time you read it. It is amazing. It's mind-blowing. It's a living word. To make that commitment today, you will not regret it. It will be one of the best decisions you ever made is to read the whole Bible because how can you say that you know God when you have not read his entire book? Amen. And how can you really say that you understand Scripture unless you read all Scripture? you got to read all of Scripture, all of Scripture, before you can really understand it. Because the whole book explains itself. i got less than one minute left. It's going to kick me off. So God bless you. I'll see you next seventh day. And continue every day to think about how God fulfills one of these rules for you. And today is the day to think of him as the father and how he is the good father and how he is the perfect father. Dear perfect father, good father, thank you for being good to me and teaching me and chastising me, disciplining me, guiding me, teaching me. You choosing me. You chose me. I'm not an unwanted child, but you chose me. And I love you back. I love you right back, Father. And I will follow you to the ends of the earth and beyond. In the name of Jesus, so be it. Amen.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.